Welcome, everyone, to the Aggregators and Brands Show. This is Hai uh, Mac, uh, who is the CEO of Evac.Guru, and uh, I have Omar. Uh, welcome, Omar. How are you doing? This and is Omar from MarginBusiness.com. Exactly. And we have a great guest today uh, who is Brent, uh, Brent Zahratnik. I hope I was able to pronounce it in the right way. Uh, so, Brent, tell us about yourself and your company, please. Yeah, sure thing. And you nailed the pronunciation. Um, although if you ask a Czech person, they're going to they're gonna laugh. But uh, that's how I say it. So that works fine for me. Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, I'm a CEO and founder of AMZ Pathfinder. We're a uh, full-service Amazon advertising agency. Been around for uh, seven, seven years now, since 2015, if I'm doing the math right. And uh, I'm, I'm based in France. Most of the team is based in Europe. And uh, we have a couple of people in Asia, a couple of people in Central South America too. But we do, you know, anything that relates to Amazon advertising uh, on those, you know, North American and European marketplaces uh, that kind of touches ads. And that's that's what we've been up to for all those years. <laughs> no, that's great. Like, I mean, you mentioned like seven years. Uh, I mean, uh, a lot of agencies each are pretty much one or two years or three but seven yes. years of experience, I'm sure you've been through a lot of things. And one of the things that we were discussing before we start, uh, I mean, the last kind of two, three years was was a lot of like uh, noise with the aggregators. I mean, aggregators brought like a color to the whole Amazon world. Uh, and first there was the trust IO, then the other hundred came in, around $15 billion is, uh, is raised. And uh, together with Omar, we always kind of talk about that. And uh, and it always, we, we saw it as a very positive thing because this 15 billion, maybe not the whole so far, but at least 50% is invested into mm -hmm. all these brand owners. Uh, and it was kind of a positive, excluding like, you know, increasing the PPC uh, probably. <laughs> Cost, yeah, yeah I, I think I think we'll get to that as part of the conversation, perhaps. Yeah. And, and actually, I might be yeah. getting myself a little bit even further high. But I remember before Thrasio, there was a uh, a gentleman whose name I can't remember. He is an Indian guy, I believe. And he had uh, a company and he was like going around and buying Amazon companies. This is pre Thrasio. Like he was like the first aggregator. That company did not work, but he I had the, the idea for that model prior to anyone else. And I remember seeing that in maybe 2017 or maybe early 2018 and being like, wow, that's a really interesting idea. Uh, and then it kind of fell off my radar. But uh, yeah, it, the I guess the more recent innovation with aggregators has definitely been 2019 onwards uh, with Thrasio and all, and all the rest. Absolutely. But I think this man is still pulling a lot of strings. If I if I don't mistake, if I'm not mistaking, there uh, he's in the back. So maybe maybe I'm, allocating I'm, capital yeah, or I'm, helping I'm, lead things out. Who knows? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like I mean, uh, I know him very well, but just forgot the name. You know, like that's yeah, so, exactly. That's <laughs> how I'm searching as well for the I'm name right now. You know, because uh, we work with a lot of aggregators, and he's like still advisor to a, a few of the aggregators. So the Trasire came in. Hundred like uh, fifteen billion dollars is raised, but in the last um, probably the last four or five months, uh, we are kind of uh, a bit of a, in a silent mode with the aggregators. We don't see like uh, too many aggregators raising funds. We the last one was like a, a razor group, like raising yeah. hundred million, and then also from the market, what we are hearing is like. Uh, the, most of the acquisitions are slowing down. Like we haven't seen 
too many acquisitions uh, coming from the aggregator. So what's your kind of view on the current state, uh, Brent? What do you think about oh. the, the, the current situation and the future uh, of the aggregators? Uh, sure. Brands? Sure. I have, I have uh, so many things to say here and a lot of thoughts. Um, I hope some of you, you guys can corroborate. You know, it's um, aggregators for us as an ad agency, represent both a threat and an opportunity. Uh, they're a threat in the sense that many of our largest, best-selling, most profitable, growing client businesses were eventually purchased by aggregators. And I don't blame those people at all because, you know, if you have the opportunity to create potentially generational wealth or I'm set for life type wealth and like a cash out event with an aggregator, if you, you know, properly negotiate and everything's correctly done, uh, why wouldn't you choose to take that? Especially if the market was, I would argue it may be a bit of a bubble, uh, especially during the pandemic and just after. I also agree that the um, market has cooled substantially. I will say anecdotally from the clients we work with, uh, far fewer of them are getting offers and far fewer of them are looking to sell because the multiples have gone from five to four to three to two and a half, right? So it's a yes, much less exactly. appealing proposition. And I think if you're a smart uh, Amazon business owner these days, you're probably holding on to the asset you have and just focusing on growth, focusing on surviving in some cases, depending on uh, what market niche you're in. Um, oh, and I didn't follow up from the first part. <laughs> they represent an opportunity because we actually work with multiple aggregators too. So we have a service we do where we uh, we call it an LOI uh, advertising audit. So a lot of uh, these aggregators don't necessarily have the deepest bench when it comes to ad analysis. Yes. So we'll help them understand what they need to get wrong or what's going well in the ad accounts for the uh, businesses they're buying. And then we work with a couple that are smaller, just like managing their accounts um, because we have capacity to do that. But it's been a mixed, a mixed blessing, I'll say, for the last uh, two and a half, three years. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what? I, 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 I see this exactly the same, you know, and uh, when, when, you, when you were saying that you are actually, it's a blessing and it's as well a threat, um, I think both sides are, are very well said because there's two extremes, you know, there is crazy money coming in and on the other hand, they're buying everything up, but I would say even they cannot take care of everything. So they need to fall back on agencies like yours. So, um, although they they must have been bought we had these cases you know although the companies have been bought they still work with us because they cannot take over can you imagine as an yeah. aggregator buy buys something like 8000 articles you know and then they have to source it they have to uh, uh they have to run the ppc they have to run the whole logistic in the back and it's it's just not possible if you break the chain how they how how the um the procedures usually go so they just mm -hmm. leave everything this way and that's why I would say even if a business is sold and the business is already big and an aggregate comes and buys it, it can even go um, bigger. And even the agencies which working on that project can even go a lot bigger. Do you, have, have you seen this as well or have you felt um, the same way more than just a threat because you mentioned the threat? Well, in our experience with clients that have been purchased, it's usually a three to six month timeline before we are offboarded as an agency. And the reason for that is those aggregators that are buying, especially the bigger companies, they have the budget and they've managed to hire and find talent that is good enough to run it. And there is a transition period. So we say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we've worked with this. Here's all the um, you know data we have historically. We, we see it as our job to help them facilitate that and keep the business sure. successful. 
Um, and eventually we, we typically are off boarded, not in all cases, but I understand, you know, these companies, like you mentioned, they've put, uh, what was it? Half that 15 trillion or whatever was high into the, uh, into the market. The reason with that, you know, that private equity model, that money needs to be deployed fast, right? They're, yeah. they're not supposed to sit on that money. They're supposed to get it and do something with it. And then here come the returns. And that's kind of the thesis along with, um, you know, some of these aggregators are very specific to a particular niche or they have a specialty like, oh, we buy German companies. You know, there's a lot more European and even Asian aggregators coming up, which is very interesting to me. I even heard about one that's like China only, which is not shocking considering the number of you know businesses coming out of there. But, you know, they each have their own their own way of doing things. Back to the advertising thing. Uh, I think that aggregators are very, very strong with M&A. And a lot of the people who lead them and are at the helm, they understand that super well. So they know how to put these deals together, uh, sometimes very much in their advantage, which is a whole nother topic because we've seen uh, we've seen our clients also get burned uh, on some deals. But they also need to uh, figure out all the logistics and the advertising side of things. And I would say many of them don't have, like I said, that deep bench for advertising. And it's something that they learn painfully by taking that money that they need to spend so fast throwing it at the account and then saying, uh, this isn't necessarily working like we envisioned. <laughs> maybe we need some help or maybe we need to keep this agency on for three to six months uh, and then figure things out from there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, by the way, I mean, a couple of things that you mentioned, one of them was uh, the multipliers went down from four to five X to 2.53 X right now. And uh, a lot. yeah. And the trend that I see is like a lot of brands are Uber, thinking of selling in the last mm -hmm. six months like people are coming to me i want to sell what do you advise and now the owners are telling me they're going to continue to run the business now what's the my advice and i, I like it very <laughs> much you know like that the yeah, people yeah. are not in this selling mode because i mean the selling is not something from my perspective that you target but it's like you know you do your job well and at some point, if you want to sell, and at that point, you sell, right? I mean, you uh, yeah. it's not like exactly the target. It's just a, an event happening because the mindset changed or things like that. So Yeah, and the old maxim holds true. You know, well-run business is the same kind of business that's going to have a great multiple for a potential exit, right? So if you truly have extricated yourself from the operations, you have systems in place, all that, you know, all that stuff we know from business books, that, that holds true. That hasn't changed. Absolutely. And then um, the other thing that you mentioned about advertising, uh, I was having a conversation with one of the uh, very the largest uh, aggregators about their ad strategy. And the guy was telling me that they are trying to apply the same strategy to the 60 plus brands that they have. And I was like, wow, okay, that sounds cool from a maybe theoretically from a free <laughs> the standard approach for every single product, which means the, the, I don't know, like the, the tool for the product, which is a tool versus like a beauty mm. product has the same advertising strategy. Probably it will not work. Right. And it's, it doesn't, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's kind sure. of like what I kind of see as well as a part of the standardization work on the aggregators, like the, the, the advertising is, is, is not, as effective as it's done by an agency like you. But let's switch that conversation now, as we know that the brands are moving away from selling like as a, as the number one target and, and Q4 is coming. So 
like the winter is coming now again. And this is like the most challenging time of Amazon because 50% of everything is sold in October, November, December. Right. We know that. So what's your view on that brand? Like what is difference in what is different in this year versus last year? First of all, maybe if to, to start with that. And then maybe you can tell us at a high level, like what are the, the key things that the, uh, the brands uh, should look and maybe we can dig into advertising a bit more. Sorry, and as well, um, putting into consideration the slashing of, of, of Amazon private labels um, throughout uh, July, would I think would be as well. I think it was not too bad, but uh, it was enough to make some noise. So maybe as well, putting this into consideration um, where we can, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll touch on that first, Omar, because while there was some noise made about that, I'm not totally certain that Amazon has taken drastic action. I think they're they're making noise about it. And I think it's actually because of all the antitrust stuff in the US, which is you know kind of obvious that the reason they would do it. But I haven't seen enough evidence to support that they're really actually cutting their uh, like product uh, catalog, let's call it, of uh, not only like Amazon Basics, which is obviously you know called Amazon, but there's an extension you can get in Chrome that shows you yes. other brands that are from Amazon that don't say Amazon on them anywhere. And, you know, just searching around and looking at the catalog on Amazon's, uh, you know, marketplace, I'm not convinced that they have done it. I think they have toned down drastically the amount yeah. of, let's call it, insider trading they're doing with advertising, where it's like, hey, I would pay for that slot. And you just see like an Amazon thing sponsored there. And you're like, if they're not paying for that, <laughs> they've stolen that on my page. That has changed. I think anecdotally that has changed. Yeah. Yeah, at least um, something, you know, so... Yeah, and, and actually, I would say, rather you know? see that because that's that's less advertising stuff that our clients and we have to contend with. That's basically like playing against the house, you know, at a casino. Well, oh, you yes, know what the expression is, right? So, yes, yes, definitely. No, yeah. you're completely right with that. This so, is not uh, something. This is not something I normally do, but I'm going to share my screen. <laughs> what about that? Let's do it. <laughs> Peloton, like, I mean, Peloton everywhere. <laughs> nobody can, nobody can pretty much, uh, advertise as there is, like, if you just search for the Peloton brand. So it looks like uh, Amazon is still a little bit having an unfair advantage, right? <laughs> you know, that's like, a really good point. And I, I, you probably saw the news guys, like, you know, just recently Peloton made a deal with Amazon where they were like, all right, we're going to shift our inventory and get some real presence on the platform. Uh, another company that I think actually right now, uh, I won't give away totally when we're recording this, but Apple has an event today and uh, they are announcing probably new iPhones and all that. But if you ever go on the Apple page for the um, AirPods or AirPods Pro, you know, one of the various ones they have, you will notice that there are very few, if any, advertisements on that page. And not only do they have A-plus premium content on there, but they have like a plus premium super duper content. Like you scroll down and it looks like an apple.com forward slash AirPods, you know, landing page. And uh, that obviously someone there has cut a different deal with Amazon than, uh, than most of us, let's say. <laughs> Apple has many strong, uh, powerful lawyers, I guess. And they say, hey, we, we would like you to read this contract. <laughs> so yeah, the game's not always level, but that's I mean, not super helpful. Europe... Sorry. I mean, for the European Union, there, there is differences between the U.S. because, you know, European Union, the, the law um, is, uh, uh, I think they are, they are not so easy on it like, like in the U.S. So yeah. the monopoly, the monopoly is very, very, yeah, not very good seen in the European Union. 
And if they catch somebody, they uh, they usually pay big, big, big fines. Now, we obviously see that Amazon is doing it, but still, I haven't seen anyone dragged to court. So I'm just I'm just throwing this in right now, but uh, because I know in the U.S. it's not that easy, but in Europe it's different. So I I yeah. guess within the next maybe months we will see something like that because it's very very obvious. Like you just shown the 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 website, very good example. Hi, um, what is going on actually in the space? You know, sorry inter- yeah. for interrupting, Brent. No, no. I mean, this is a this is a conversation, so it's all welcome. In fact, um, I'm curious, Omar, like. Uh, about this quarter four question. So I'll, I'll go first. I'll, I'll give some input on that. So hi, okay. you had asked about quarter four, right? Just a minute ago and like what people need to think about. Well, you know, the right time to plan a lot of things for quarter four, like inventory was like two months ago, right? <laughs> but let, let's talk about like some of the advertising stuff and what you can do. The one thing that I see companies and people do all the time is they like last minute set up campaigns and like, oh, this is the quarter four campaign. Like, let's do it. Uh, no, the right time to do that now is to start thinking about budgeting across the quarter. You know, what's your budget per month? Just start there. Break it down. Okay, what's a budget, you know, estimation for this week? Oh, well, this is Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Probably going to put a lot of money into head spend here. Maybe that week after we won't, but then this lead up to Christmas, we will. So start to think about how that budget allocation is going to look through that whole time period and, and plan around that and plan for it. Please set aside money to, to do that. Um, I would also say these campaigns that people are building last minute, these like uh, just call them panic campaigns, uh, maybe start them earlier, get some data through them, start to make some adjustments instead of saying, oh, we're going to start it the day before, uh, you know, Black Friday or something. That's a little bit too late. Um, the other thing I would say is like there are so many new, really cool ad types that exist on Amazon. I mean, just off the top of my head, recently we have Sponsor Brands Video. Uh, that goes to product pages instead of the um, store page. We have all these new sponsored display, both CPM and CPA, uh, sorry, CPC, uh, you know, cost types. We have these new features for targeting and sponsored products. We have all this great information about imp- impression share and uh, AMS, which is a whole nother discussion. But a lot of the basics of PPC remain unchanged. Um, it's like a story I heard once about like Kobe Bryant. It's like he always focused on his footwork on the court, right? He was always very focused on his footwork. I mean, it's really great to be able to do incredible passes and three points, three point shots and everything, but your footwork in basketball, I'm not a basketball player, as I understand it, is the basis for so much. And so what is your footwork in PPC? It's really your campaign structure, your bidding system, relevancy of your keywords and targeting. I think those things are still super important. And so we encourage uh, our team members uh, and you know people we talk to and advise to be like, just revise these things ahead of quarter four. Uh, don't let these basic things slip away because everything else you build is going to be on that kind of foundational elements. So if your bids are too high or too low, you're overpaying or you're not paying enough, well, it doesn't matter. You're not going to get seen or you're going to blow your budget. So it doesn't matter if you have all the coolest like targeting types and new campaign things that exist um, because you know you don't have the basis, the fundamentals down. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm hearing some new things all the time. Uh, and uh, we are also developing an, an advertising automation suite in a, in a way as a, as a tech company. Uh, one of the things that we are dealing with is the Amazon marketing stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of noise yeah. now coming. Uh, and I mean, I'm kind of like my team. I, I have a dedicated team uh, working with the Amazon uh, to, to build that uh, hourly bidding and things like that. Although, I'm still cautious, like I'm, I'm, I'm letting them to work and see, you know, what will be the result of that, like our low bidding, 
because what I know is so far before the marketing stream, there is a lot of inconsistency with the data, especially with the last three days and seven days data coming from Amazon. Uh, there was already some inconsistency, but how do you see that marketing stream and marketing cloud, um, you know, with your agency? Like, you know, how are you go- planning to uh, utilize it or are you already using them? Yeah, this is maybe my 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 personal at the founder level, my biggest focus the remainder of the year and probably into the early next year. So we have uh, through software tools we work with, we work with the software tool uh, and they uh, they use AMS. Uh, and so therefore we use AMS. But what's really important to understand about AMS, and I'll talk about AMC in a minute if we want to touch on that. But um, AMS provides, it's, it's not so much that it provides like... Um, information that's better. It's information that we didn't have at all <laughs> before. So, you know, to talk about conversion rates uh, uh, by time of day, hour of day, uh, cost per click bids per time of day, hour of day, what you call intraday, uh, and then like real-time stuff like budget alerts and things like that. Because there's kind of two camps that AMS falls into. There's like the real-time data, and then there's the updated granular intraday data. And those two things are, you know, have been available on Google ads and many other platforms for years. Now we're finally starting to see that on Amazon. This actually has massive implications uh, for all of our clients. And what's interesting is, you know, that data in aggregate can show us some really cool things. But once you drill down into the particular marketplace and client level, you start to learn, okay, how can this be implemented tactically? Because understanding, oh, okay, well, uh, like from data I've seen recently from our own clients and from other like screenshots, because everyone's sharing this on LinkedIn now, it's all really cool to see. Uh, yeah. Okay. Everyone is buying at like seven in the morning, uh, East coast time, which is of course quite early, uh, in the West coast where you are there high. But if you look at the time, it's Amazon time, right? So it says 4am, which is of course seven, seven AM on the East coast. And you see all oh, the conversion rate spikes and the, um, cost per click goes up and everything, but this is when the sales volume is highest. Well, in aggregate, that's all very interesting, but what if we have a product that people are buying, uh, mostly at night when they're home from work or, uh, they're buying it on their lunch break that's when we'd be able to take uh, the data from that specific account and set up rules and, um, I don't know, alerts or whatever, optimize based on that information. So this is actually really huge. And I I actually predict the next six months is going to see a change with the data that we get out of Amazon related to advertising that is probably more impactful than it's ever been. Uh, In a way, along with AMC, you know, Amazon Marketing Cloud, they're really kind of opening up their databases, like literally opening up their databases for us to query and to understand how these things are all interconnected. And that's something that Google doesn't even do. I mean, in a way, Amazon is actually giving us more than Google. It's not just that they're matching them with AMS. It's that with AMC, they're actually exceeding them. And it's not even just for people who are selling on the platform. If you're running ADSP, uh, you know, Amazon's DSP platform, you have access to and the capability to use AMC as well. And, you know, you can be like selling cars <laughs> and, you know, you can be Chrysler or Ford or whatever, and you can be running these campaigns and you could benefit from that too. Now we, uh, we are in the early days of really using AMC and AMS. Yeah. We're also sort of like uh, in the early days of doing it, but these two things are, are terribly exciting. My hope is that we have um, AMS more, uh, our heads more wrapped around it and properly deployed by the time that quarter four is really rolling around. So give us, you know, another month or two to do that. Um, but yeah, terribly excited about both those things. Absolutely. And and uh, I'm going to share with you and, and with Omar, hopefully in a month, like what we are doing as a, as a technology, because 
we are working really hard on this AMS stuff. Of course, it's not available yet uh, in every marketplace. Just North America, I think. Yeah, yeah, right, only yeah. North America. It's you. always you guys not the first, you. and we're waiting here, you know, like <laughs> when it's coming to Europe. It's a function of that Amazon West Coast bias. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, like, not every single uh, ad type is also included right now. Right. So right. maybe, like you mentioned, sponsored brands video, which probably is not included yet. But I'm Same in AMC. Yeah, yeah, also not in AMC yet. Yeah. yeah. But the idea is great, as you mentioned, because uh, the things change. Like, I mean, the human purchasing behavior changes from time to time. Like, like even the, the relationship between impression, session and conversion is different. And we are not able to see, like, for example, the conversion rates per hour. And now these things are becoming visible. That's amazing stuff. Like, uh, because then maybe you focus on conversion in the morning and maybe you focus on impression in the evening. Who knows? That's, right? it. that's, I mean, that's, I that's so cool. That. You know, you can, everything can be channeled down up to the smallest point. So, so we really uh, uh, impact uh, uh, the, these campaigns. You know, I'm uh, I'm really excited for that as well. It's, it's, it's just sounds really amazing, you know. We just moved the conversation to almost like Q1, Q2, because as, as Brent <laughs> mentioned, like that wouldn't be super impactful, but I think it just shows the, the level of investment that Amazon is doing. And again, in next six months later, we're going to be talking about like totally different things by the impact of this real time bidding and Definitely. extra data sets coming from AMC. I mean, that will be very exciting, you know, for, for the Amazon brands. Uh, so and DSP uh, as well, uh, DSP evolving, you know, you, you know, at this point right now, it's already really good. And imagine now from now in six months when they really worked on it, how it's going to look, how, how deep it can go as well, you know, so I'm really uh, looking forward to all of these updates. That's a very great point, by the way, because we are dealing with like a lot of guests that we had was uh, related with the DSP. So maybe I can ask that question to, to Brent as well. Like yes. now, before it's com coming, one of our guests uh, kind of described DSP as a, as a beach, which is not that crowded, where in PPC, <laughs> it like a, yes. and it was like, I'm thinking Deja, about San Diego, okay? like it was the Labor Day on Sunday, and I was in the beach, like, I mean, there's like tons of people, but right now, today, it's like very nice beach, only five persons. DSP beach today. You know? Yeah, so the DSP <laughs> beach is today. So would it be a kind of a strategy for some of the brands, maybe to invest in DSP now, uh, and to impact their Q4, what's your view on that, Brent? Uh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, we are ramping up DSP spend for several of our clients. We actually run DSP with because there are some qualifiers, I think, and I could get to that in a second. But uh, now is definitely the appropriate time. You know, we've proposed and have said, hey, uh, the kind of doldrums of summer are over. You're a brand that has an appropriate uh, quarter four catalog mix. We know looking at your data last year when we've been working with you that things explode. Let's try to capitalize on that with DSP as best we can. And actually, uh, I would say as the year and year and a half maybe has gone by with sponsored display, more and more of the functionality that exists in DSP is moving into sponsored display. But I know talking to our Amazon reps that um, that's very intentional on Amazon's part. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they are focused on making sure that there's still a differentiation between those two platforms. So there are some things that are unique to DSP and will never come to sponsor display. 
But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't use sponsored display for many of those same purposes. And I would encourage anyone listening who maybe is not at the right level to invest in DSP yet, which I would recommend a minimum or seven of eight, seven or eight K, uh, you know, USD uh, a month on DSP minimum, absolute minimum, uh, preferably 10 K or more. Um, Cause that's where you really start to see like the full funnel and you can address uh, other parts of the other parts, you know, stages of it, but yeah, put some money into sponsored display, you know, try the retargeting there, try the audience targeting there. They have off Amazon placements there now. So you want to maximize your, you know, I would say more traditional sponsored ads and your sponsored display before you consider moving into DSP is now a good time to do it. Yeah. Because it is something that is high and medium funnel and has a much longer kind of uh, time in the oven, if you will, if you're thinking about it, like a cake, um, we got beaches, we got cakes. What other kind of analogies do we have here next? <laughs> um, the last thing I'll say about DSP, and this is why we're so excited about AMC, is because AMC as a platform is really, uh, I think, the missing piece that we've craved for DSP for a long time. So one of the things you can do with AMC, and one of the reasons it's so important, is you can understand from pseudo-anonymous customer information what someone's life cycle or their travel through the customer funnel was. So it's possible for us now, or soon at least, to have uh, DSP campaigns running for, let's let's say, OTT video. So we're showing them videos. Maybe someone sees two uh, two videos on like some other external website or maybe even their phone. Then they see like a DSP ad somewhere on like the New York Times. Like there's inventory all over the web. Uh, and then they actually come to Amazon and they see a sponsored products campaign. They click on that. They add it to cart. And then the next day they buy. So with the power of AMC, you can actually figure that out and say, oh, okay, this person, the first time that they uh, engaged with my brand was actually this video campaign. So technically that gets, uh, you know, this new to engage metric, which is something that we've learned from um, a company we're working with right now to do uh, AMC stuff. And then uh, this was their first purchase. So, okay, they're a new customer now. We've acquired them and maybe they'll purchase other stuff from our brand, depending on how your catalog works, right? Uh, but that is why... We love AMC mated with ADSP because before we simply couldn't do that. Now that makes a lot of sense. Again, I think that will be one of the, uh, the, the 23 trends, right? Like together with the AMS, like using the AMC and DSP. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really fascinated with it, with all the changes happening. Definitely. Uh, and Amazon advertising going beyond the Amazon, <laughs> like, you know, all the TV shows. Yes, yes, yes. They go, they go out, uh, out of it now. Exactly. Yeah. FNL. I mean, like there is like uh Twitch, you know, IMDB TV. I mean, a, a lot of things that. By the way, I love, I love Twitch. I love Twitch. You know, it's uh <laughs> yeah. Twitch is a huge platform for sure. I mean, IMDB. Uh, you know, when you run stuff on, on DSP, you get like what's called Amazon O&O, so owned and operated inventory. And a lot of that is actually those other sites and you can even target them. Uh, I remember we were we were talking to a company about doing DSP for them. And one of the things that we discovered, and this was actually like a while ago, so it's probably even gotten even better now. But there was a there was a method by which you could track in-store purchases uh, in Whole Foods for a product if you're advertising it with DSP. So imagine that like, you have someone that has a DSP ad they're exposed to, and then we link that back to someone actually purchasing at Whole Foods. If you know they have the same Amazon account for like both things, or somehow Amazon knits it together, that's like that's pretty wild. And I don't know, you guys ever been to like one of those Amazon Fresh stores where you can just like just walk out with the food? Yeah, sure. Uh, that I, I think is going to be. Yet. I had to go to London to do it, Omar, because they don't have any here in France. But when I was in London last time, I, I checked it out, and I like it took me a while to set it up, but I figured it out. And it's a wild experience, but 
you can tell with the digital displays and the way they have those stores laid out, they are going to be having uh, Amazon advertising in store. Like there might be a time one day where we can target, oh, uh, Amazon fresh store in downtown London in Soho or whatever. I think it's like, don't buy this to. one, buy that one. I mean, like, you know, right, that, yeah, you yeah. go to pick it up and there's like an ad, you're like, oh. <laughs> Here is a 10% discount if you buy the other one. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, again, this, the things are, there is, there is a lot to, be expected from Amazon, I think, when it comes to expanding beyond Amazon with everything that we mentioned. Uh, I mean, it's already like almost the end of our podcast. You know, I think, you know, uh, we, 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 we talked about some, some great things here, uh, including, you know, like, you know, what the aggregators and the, the multipliers and uh, the, the seller strategy moving towards like operating the best company. Uh, uh, the well-run businesses are the most the, the key point right now. So uh, all the brands are focused. We covered a lot, very well. Exactly the the well-run businesses. We're gonna see. Uh, so uh, brand mentioned about the sponsored brands video, uh, and uh, you know, obviously it's it's a little bit too late to to plan the things, but still. Uh, there will be some panic campaigns. I like that, you know. Panic, <laughs> campaign one. panic no, campaigns is a good word. Yeah, start yeah. now. Start now. Don't wait. Don't wait till later and panic. Start now. Um, you know, at least in your construction, your conception, your planning, start all that stuff out. The spending, of course, can wait a little till a little bit later, or at least uh, in the run up. Uh, and yeah. yeah. And you know, for for the ones who do, for the ones who want to do their listing optimization correctly, and you know, just go the year before. Take the keywords. Most of them will work anyway. Everything which is like uh, near to Christmas, all the words they can put it in and it will still work. So don't, you know, most of the people, they, they break their head how to do it. But, you know, we have the data from last year. Most of the time, the same data will will work as well. And really, Brent, one thing, I really like the name AMZ Pathfinder because I see you really going and searching for the path. Um, through the, <laughs> you know, like you work your way through Amazon, you know, and can track the path how how the buyer goes. So I see it this way. So, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we need some pathfinders. Exactly. Sure. And more and more, it becomes a bigger jungle. You know, it's just growing every day. More complicated okay. one, that's for sure. Exactly. Oh, yes. More complicated one. So thank you very much, Brent, for the time. We really appreciate it. And uh, thank you, Brent. In another podcast. Yeah, thank yeah. you both. This has been a blast. Thank you. Thank you.